years ago now when my husband Jesse and I first moved to California, well, when I first moved to California, when Jesse moved back to California, we came here uh, so that I could start seminary in Berkeley. And that first fall, we found this lovely little house up in the Berkeley Hills to share with some other grad students. We were on the very, very top of Grizzly Peak, way up there. And it was a quirky house. Uh, there was a reason that we could afford it. Um, and we were really excited to, to try to set up this new home, this new life as an intentional Christian community. We were uh, bright-eyed and eager. Um, and so we worked out a, a lot of things, what this would look like. We worked out a regular downbeat for shared meals together as a community. We named the house. We took turns leading our, our little group in prayer and in conversation. And uh, we made a rotation of, of chores. Who was going to take on what week by week? We also kept, uh, we found this, this little glass fish bowl and we kept it on the windowsill in the kitchen. And there we, uh, we collected receipts for things that um, the whole household needed. So cleaning supplies and I don't know, things to fix stuff up and in particular groceries. We decided that we were going to hold our food in common. There was only one fridge, and we were eating together a fair bit anyways. And so then, at the end of the month, we would take all the receipts, and we'd put it all together, and we'd divvy up who'd, who'd bought how much and who owed somebody else how much, so we would hold it all in common. It seemed like such a lovely idea. Lindsay, I see you cringing and shaking your head because you know... You know how this goes. <laughs> and indeed, before very long at all, it started to get sticky. Um, mostly because not everyone was keen to eat everything. And it seemed good to share, right? But, but maybe not so good to pay for all these things that someone else was eating that I didn't even like. We all felt that way. And so soon, a spreadsheet was created. Jesse, <laughs> Jesse is a wizard of complex spreadsheets. And so this way, you, didn't, you could opt out. You could opt out to, of paying for the things that you weren't going to eat. And so this guy didn't eat eggs or somebody else didn't eat butter, only cereal, fine. Not a problem. But as the year went on, it got more and more complex. The, the Excel formulas mounting on top of each other. And uh, I remember one housemate opted out of replacement mop heads because he preferred uh, Swiffer uh, over mop heads. And there were questions about who cooked with which skillet. It, it seemed like it made sense except for this, this just tiny little problem that it was absolutely maddening. And then in walks Jesus. He comes into a gorgeous home. He's a guest there for dinner. And it's not just any house, it's the house of a religious leader. And so no doubt, most of the other guests there are also really important people. 
it's a chance for them to kind of rub shoulders and maybe work out a way to climb a rung or two up the ladder while they're there. And Jesus sees this. He sees all the jockeying. He sees the way people are are trying to look good for one another. And then, classic Jesus, he pipes up with a parable. At first, it, it sounds to me like a dated Miss Manners column. Anybody read Miss Manners back? I loved that. Right? She, here, here, we've got this Miss Manners parable teaching us how to, to cleverly and kind of unobtrusively look a little better off than when we first arrived. But I don't think that Jesus actually cares about that. He does not care about our networking. In this parable, he takes our desperate hope for fairness. Whether it's, it's we who are reciprocating someone else's generosity so that we stay even, or if, or if we're waiting to make the rounds to collect what is our due. He takes all this, and, and alongside this love of fairness, he, he tells us to live in such a way that that is impossible. Where we're getting even is just not on the table. Arrive at a party and, and let others invite you up to a place where you cannot repay them. Throw your own party and invite those who will never be able to return the favor. It makes no sense. This is not how we operate. It's not how we live. But Jesus is not trying to improve our social standing here. Instead, he's, he's trying to free us from all the debt we think we carry all the debt we think we are owed. It doesn't make sense because it's not how we live. Not yet. We are, we're continually taught to try to keep score, to look out for number one, to to make sure that we've got all our bases covered. But that Excel sheet that we kept back in Berkeley Our attempt at living as if it could all be even, at least for me, it it felt like it became a, a kind of prison. It was exhausting and stressful, and over time, I realized that in the name of fairness, it only bred resentment for me. And it doesn't just happen with money. I think many of us, maybe most of us, are inclined towards this mindset an awful lot of the time. The world tells us to live this way, to keep it even, to make sure we will get repaid, and and maybe even more importantly, to make sure that we are able to repay others. I mean, what could be worse? than receiving a gift when you cannot repay the giver's kindness. I'm kidding, but, but maybe only a little. I, I think this can feel like a huge burden. 
But with this parable, I, I hear Jesus posing a deeper question. What if there is no tab? What if there is no tab? What if those shackles of, of owing and being owed and all the, the grudges and fear that get bound up there, what if he already did away with all that? And is simply asking us to live in that freedom. What would shift between us and our neighbors if we were no longer waiting to be repaid, no longer worrying that we ourselves might never be able to? He's asking us to learn how to receive all these gifts with joy and give all that we can with love, not to look good, not to get even, but, but just to be free and in love. He's asking us to, to just let it all go. It's a tall order, but it also comes with this remarkable assurance, this promise of honor and blessing And now, I'm guessing that the honor Jesus describes in this parable might be understood by some of the other guests at that dinner as another way to get ahead. That's what they still want. Maybe what we want, too. But he's playing with them. He's playing with us and pointing to something else. The word that he uses here, the word that he says is what will come from practicing this kind of generous humility, it's really poorly translated for us. We hear it in the English as honor, that if you choose the lowest seat, your host will then invite you up higher and you'll be honored in everyone's sight. But it doesn't really get at it. It, Honor, it gets sort of thrown away. Is it your family's honor? Is it the honor of uh, accomplishing something lovely? It's It's too broad. The Greek word here, though, is doxa, like doxology. And it means, very pointedly, glory. It means glory. It's a, a word that's used almost entirely to describe God. And what God is up to in the world, all throughout our sacred texts. And then Jesus uses it here, describing this person in this parable. Describing us, I think, if we will join him there. And it's not an accident. Jesus paints this this borderline ludicrous illustration of a guest who is quite content in the lowest place, leaving plenty of other people to be honored. And he continues on describing that same person, now a host who invites all manner of rough-shod folks to the table, invites guests he knows cannot return the favor. Friends, he's describing God. He's speaking to the wonder of all the blessings that we receive that we can never repay, nor that God would even try to compel us to repay. This is the parable of the glory of love 
freely given. We can respond to it in whatever manner we choose, but it is a gift. It's a fabulous party, Jesus is telling us. We are all invited, and we all get to host, and there is no tab. There's no tab. He has ripped it in half. It's done. No debts. Nothing owed. Not in any direction. Without it, we are free. Free to live. Free to feast. Free to love. To come, friends. Come and join this party.